Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm your host, Jordan Rausch. And I'm Jeremy. This is a weekly history podcast that deep dives into all the stories that made America into the beautiful weirdo she is today. So, just, just so damn gorgeous and weird. And weird. <laughs> so weird. If you're new to this podcast, welcome and get ready to be, I guess, are you surprised at any of the stories that this happened in America? I guess... Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. You know, I am, but then it's like... But then you're like, it's America. Yeah, Yeah, last week's episode, that was, I don't know, the blind bomber. That was was quite... Just twists and turns. (laughs) Poor Clarence. I think the moral of that story is uh, people can be bad and good. Clarence Petticord. Petticord. Yeah. For this week's presidential quiz... Jeremy finally has the poster. I finally got it. And apparently I didn't look at the dimensions of it because it's huge. (laughs) It doesn't fit in our little tiny closet slash recording studio. It's uh, 24 by 40 inches. It's gigantic. In case you were wondering. But it also comes with fun facts. So maybe he can use those too Mm -hmm. to guess for the quiz. So this week's quiz is which president married his teacher? (laughs) um okay yeah so if you have a guess or if you just can't wait to find out the answer will be at the end of this episode so stay tuned so i realized we're you know the we're i think we're now 30 episodes in I think mm-hmm. this is episode 30. Mm-hmm. And for doing bizarre stories, I don't think we've done a cult episode yet. Mm, unless you want to consider America a cult. Well, I, I mean, I don't. I guess, I mean, could be argued either way. <laughs> for the most part, I don't. But I was kind of surprised that we got this far without talking about a cult. Yeah. Because they are, cults Everywhere. are all, are full of all kinds of... Fun, weird stories. And Mm -hmm. America's had a lot of cults. Probably hundreds, if not thousands of cults. I would bet on thousands. Just because it's really easy to make a cult. (laughs) You just have to have a a group of you and your friends. Yep. Or followers. Usually declare yourself like an all-supreme being. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so we are doing our first cult story. Nice. Looking forward to it. In 1954, Ruth Niels was introduced to Ernest Norman while they were both attending a psychic event in Los, Al- in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. Is that what you are going to say? <laughs> no. That's not what I was going to say. You're going to bring out that... The hard G? Yeah. No. When they met, Ernest told Ruth that in a past life, she had been the daughter of an Egyptian pharaoh and that she had protected Moses. So, you know, the classic pickup line. Mm-hmm. According to Ruth and Ernest... Wasn't that what I used on you? Yeah, that's exactly actually what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> According to Ruth and Ernest, it was love at first sight, and they got married the same day that they met. What? However, it's prob- probably more likely that they didn't legally get married until two years later, in 1956. Hmm. But they told everybody that they got married the day that they met. Got married? <laughs> yeah. I'm making a hand and finger motion. Also, I didn't write this down, but Ernest was Ruth's, like, fourth husband. 
And what? this was in the 50s. Oh, and also, she was born in 1900, so she's like 54. So what um, happened to her previous husbands? I think she just was a little... Did she have a thing for exotic pets? <laughs> I don't think any of them. I don't think any of them mysteriously disappeared. Ah, oh, dang it! But anyways, so just so you know, she's already in her fifties. Dang. And that's where we start the story. Okay. <laughs> Ernest was a self-proclaimed clairvoyant and loved to study the interdimensional science of life, and believed that he could channel historical figures and extraterrestrials and communicate with them. Ruth and Ernest knew that his powers shouldn't be kept a secret, so they decided to start an organization they called Unarius that they mm. ran out of their San Diego home. Unarius stands for Universal Articulate Interdimensional Understanding of Science. Can I can I say something really fast? Yeah. No, I'll save it for the end. Okay. <laughs> Remind me. Okay. Ernest wanted to write books, so he would channel information from intelligent beings, and Ruth would type out the messages he was receiving. Ruth said that she learned to type while sleeping. She's like, I never, I only, like, extraterrestrials, like, came to me in my sleep and taught me how to type, and that's how I learned it. Hmm. Yeah. So, Ernest published over 90 volumes that included the infinite concept of cosmic creation and Have You Lived on Other Worlds Before? Volume 2. <laughs> <laughs> and talked about psychic healing and adventures across the solar system. Unarius started to gain a following, and Ruth and Ernest started to teach their new followers how to channel intelligent beings as well. Ernest and Ruth would tell their followers how they could learn lessons from their spiritual visitors and learn about scientific advancements from other worlds. I will tell you, if I had an intelligible, if I had an intelligible being that could just like take over my body and finish law school for me for the next year and a half, you'd be totally down be to down. do that. <laughs> I would be so down. Uh, what was the name of the organization? Unarius. Are they still around today? Yes, they are. Oh my god! <laughs> I I might be looking them up. Yeah, oh. I get a few weeks till the summertime starts. I don't think that's a violation of the. Uh, that's not what. Yeah, what you signed. <laughs> they would also go into great detail about their past lives. Ruth and Ernest would. Mm -hmm. Ruth said that she had lived around fifty lives and had lived millions of years. Jesus and Mary of Bethany were included as some of Ernest and Ruth's past lives, as well as extraterrestrials and archangels. Hmm. Ernest and Ruth then began to share the mission of Unarius, which was to save humanity. There was going to be a rapture coming where only a select few that had the right preconditioning and life experience would be chosen to live a greater existence by incarnation in higher worlds. Mm -hmm. Ernest died in 1971 from the flu and viral pneumonia. Though Unarians don't believe in death, so they believe that Ernest only transitioned to another world in a different dimension, sure. and he would eventually contact them through psychic channels. Yeah. Reincarnate. Right. But it's like, they don't believe in reincarnation only on Earth. It could be... Anywhere. Any literally dimension. anywhere. Yeah, any dimension, any world. Yeah. Planet, Earth, being... Exactly. Ruth Norman was now the sole leader and primary channeler of Unarius. Ruth then said that she had a vision of her marriage to the archangel Michiel. Okay, so it's spelled M-I-C-H-I-E-L. Michiel, Michiel. A weird way to spell Michael, perhaps. E-A-L? I-E-L. 
M-I-C-H-I-E-L. I mean, I would pronounce it Michael. Michael. Okay. <laughs> well, it's like, there's an angel Michael, so I don't know if this is, like, his weird twin brother that he got reincarnated as. I don't know. Michael. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody that, I don't know any Michaels that have been named spelled that way. Yeah. So, anyways, so she said that Ernest was now Archangel Michael on the planet Eros. There was a festival and a sacred temple, beautiful gardens, flower girls, and trumpets. Archangel Michael was obviously Ernest in his new form, and he crowned Ruth Queen Uriel, Queen of the Archangels. Mm. Ruth told the Unarians that she was to be called Uriel from now on, from now on, which stands for Universal Radiating Infinite Internal Light. Cool, cool name to have. <laughs> I'm, glad she, I'm glad she have shortened you ever it. Let a six-year-old name themselves. <laughs> Reminds me of when my little sister got a dog when she was like, I don't know, she probably was like four, maybe five, and my mom was like, "What do you want to name it?" And she was like, "Pink clouds in a purple sky." And my mom's like, "No, that's, <laughs> that's really that's long." A little long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when I was three years old, sitting on my cousin's lap, she was up to for the summer, like, showing us how to ride horses and that sort yeah. of thing. We'd just gotten a new dog, and I remember writing down on a yellow notepad, and she was like, all right, well, let's just get all your ideas and names out there, and it was just like, same kind of same thing, like. Red Power Ranger, Sandbox, and like, like, all the other names. I like Red Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, we landed on Barney. Yeah. And it stuck, and that worked for him for 17, I think, 17 years. That's a good name. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the cat that I had for, like, 20-plus years, her name was Whiskers. So, it's not like I was much better. Yeah. It was just, I've always just been a realist. Yeah. <laughs> So, the Unarians reenacted the marriage between Ur- Uriel and M- Michael and Uriel's coronation in a San Diego in a hotel ballroom. After the wedding, Uriel began to start her work as the new leader and decided to start releasing books of her own. Uriel then authored Tesla Speaks, which is 13 volumes of channeled messages from Nikola Tesla, along with psychic messages from Albert Einstein, Louis Pasteur, William Crooks, and Robert Oppenheimer, who all lived on the planet Eros now. Hmm. In the book, Tesla apparently talks about his relationship with his special pigeon that was white with gray tips on its wings, and that Tesla loved that pigeon as a man loves a woman. So hmm. Intimately. <laughs> I'm really afraid <laughs> And uh, that the pigeon loved him, too. That was just the first volume. And I'm sure Nikola Tesla was, like, rolling around his grave. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You could have... There's so many things you could have written <laughs> besides that. The subsequent volumes had messages from different scientists and world leaders like Isaac Newton and John F. Kennedy, and then had messages from supposedly famous beings from other planets as well, like George Adamski and Orfeo Angelucci from planet Venus. Hmm. Uriel started to wear extremely extravagant outfits that were covered in glitter and tulle and wore tiaras. By the way, she's like now in her 70s at this point. Mm-hmm. Writing about Tesla having love with a pigeon. And, um, but you know, when you're Archangel 
Queen Muriel. You gotta dress the part. You get, you get to wear whatever the heck you want to. <laughs> yeah. On March 17, 1974, Uriel received a message that 32 planets were sending spaceships and would land on Earth in 1975. Uriel and her disciples would pull all-nighters waiting for the Space Brothers to arrive. But 1975 came and went without alien spaceships landing, and that's when Uriel informed the group that the year of the landing was now 2001 and not 1975. Mm, yeah. She could tell by the formation of the plink of the pink clouds at daybreak that the Space Brothers had tried to land, but humans weren't ready yet. Obviously. Obviously. So the group bought 67 acres for the spaceships to land in the year 2001 on Ural's 100th birthday. Which I don't know how that works because she was born in the year 1900. But maybe she lied to make it work out. I, I don't know. <laughs> mm. How that was supposed to work. Yeah. Anyways, and the landing was supposed to usher in a new age of logic and reason. The spaceships would land on top of each other and create a saucer tower, which the Space Brothers would use to create a hospital and university on Earth. The saucers would be five miles in diameter each, and each saucer would have 1,000 scientists that would work on the betterment of humankind. Each level of the saucer tower would be dedicated to a different science, and the university would recreate the computers of Atlantic and Lumeria. Hmm. In 1975, Uriel sold her home and used the money to buy a building where the Unarians could start to hold group meetings. They obviously decorated it as sparkly as possible. And so Uriel, where were they meeting at this point? I think just her house. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have any like membership numbers? Yes. Not, uh, we're about to get there. Okay. So they decorated it very sparkly and colorful. <laughs> and Ural had a gold colored throne that was decorated with peacock feathers. So can I just say, like, what's the, what's the, like, the elementary school branded stuff that. Oh, like Lisa Frank? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> just think like this Lisa is, Frank type. This is Lisa Frank as a 70-year-old woman in the 70s. Right. Like, it's a lot. Like, the 70s With were... way more glitter. Like, the 70s were already a lot, yeah. but this woman was, like, extra for the 70s. Yeah. Which is extra, extra. Yeah. <laughs> and she was also old lady extra. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> D-G-A-F. Yeah. Does not give yeah. a fluke. Yeah. Uh, Uriel then announced that she was opening the Academy of Parapsychology, Healing, and Psychic Science, which soon after became known as the Unarius Academy of Science, because somebody was like, you guys put so many words in everything. Can we just shorten this? Like, just one, this one thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Please. So students could receive past life therapy and the true art of healing. By 1979, the Unarians claimed a following of over 100,000 members. Holy cow. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they claimed. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to, like, figure Prevent. out what their real na numbers were. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not like they had a list of yeah. registered members. Right. Or students. So that same year, Ural made an announcement that she was no longer an archangel. But had been promoted to Lord of the Universe and Prince of the Realm. Hmm. So she got a promotion, which is pretty cool. Good for her. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. Uriel. So what is she called now? Uh, Lord of the Universe and Prince of the Realm. No name, though? Uh, no. She's, well, she's still Uriel. Oh, Uriel. Instead of just Queen Archangel. She's, First of her name. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mother of dragons. Yeah. So by 1986, the Unarius Academy of Science had around 450 regular students and were charged $5 for each class. And that's like $5 basically each time they come into the building. Oh. Yeah. So like okay. every day they came to take a class, it was $5. Damn. Yeah. I feel like it was really expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 80s? I should figure out what I pay a day for school. That's true. But I feel like it's... it's a. I mean, the school is probably making, like, decent money. Yeah. Especially in the... <laughs> we're still the, we're late no, 70s? We're now in the 80s. Oh, we're now mid-80s. Yeah. We jumped a little bit. So, Ural had also had her teachings recorded in about 80 books by this time. So, she's also, like, selling all those books, too. Yeah. She's getting ready to start her own VHS collection. Yeah. Well, so she figured it was time to move on to film. Look at you. <laughs> Boom. The group started filming what they called mini-documentaries. You know, I, I don't like to admit this very often, but I have been a consultant for a few organizations that might have a cultish feel to them. What, the fraternity? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, shoot. If, if I've ever been part of a cult, the closest thing would be the sorority. sorority. Yeah. It's just pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah Very close. Yeah. They never asked me to drink any Kool-Aid, so. I did. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have to keep an eye on you. Luckily, it just wasn't. Luckily. <laughs> so. <laughs> luckily. Luckily, it wasn't. Uh, you just don't take people's word for it, though. Tainted with anything. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> drink, the, drink the jungle juice. Drink the... Pink panda droppers, I drank the whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Purple drink. Drank it. (laughs) So, they start filming what they call mini-documentaries, which Mm -hmm. were these short psychodramas where members would basically be dressed up and put in a scene, and they were supposed to act out their past lives unscripted. (laughs) Some of the films were set in ancient civilizations, while others took place on other planets, and some were just like a mix of the two, like spaceships showing up with Uriel aboard and visiting cavemen. It was just... I mean, there was no rules. There's no rules. There's no rules. There's no rules. I would love to see these films. <laughs> um, so you can. I watched probably four of them today. <laughs> they are a trip. Yeah. I can't even imagine being on drugs and watching these things. Yeah. So the Unarians believe that these performances were important for the students or actors to heal from their karmic damage of the past and move on with their lives unhindered by old baggage. These weren't cheap films either. Yeah, I can imagine. The scenes and costumes were extremely elaborate, and of and course, yeah. yeah, Uriel's costumes were the most elaborate of all. Weird. She wore big glittery gowns and different colored wigs with tall, sparkly tiaras. Over two hundred films were made. So oh. now I'm envisioning uh, Wizard of Oz. No, I was going to say if you imagine Glinda the Good Witch. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, almost exactly what she looked like. Right. Yeah. And Wizard of Oz was like top-notch film of its time. Yeah. Well, so these films weren't as good as that, but she was dressed like Linda the Good Witch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. To have a costume like that is expensive. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, oh, so 200 films were made along with 80 public access television shows. What? 
So, in one film, a man wearing a loincloth... This is the one that I watched. And a man... When one film, of course you a man, watched the one with the half-naked It's man. not like I got to choose. I just, like, literally clicked on the link. I, I kind of assume that they're all like this. Yeah. But so, a man wearing a loincloth is visited by Uriel in her rainbow sparkly spaceship. And then she's got, like, her aliens that they're all bald, but they all have, like, diamonds in the middle of their heads that, like, bring him aboard to meet her. And he comes aboard, and she tells him, I am light. I am wisdom. I am your future. Come with me through this tunnel of stars. And then they take off in the sparkly rainbow UFO. Like I said, a trip. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So, in another film, Ural is sailing around in a big swan boat, and she is dressed in white feathers and a star-shaped tiara. She just went all out. So Unarius begins to get even more attention because they're on public access television. Right. PBS. They're like on in the middle of the day. Yeah. And like <laughs> where everybody's seeing them. You got stay at home. You got and it's folks, like you got it sounded like it was on like after kids got home from school. So right. like kids would like turn like, on the TV and they would time. like Yeah, exactly. So Uriel starts to become like a minor celebrity in the United States, and she even gets, uh, she even appears as a guest on the David Letterman show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you see that? Is there an interview? No, I tried to find the video of that, but I couldn't find it, which was bummed. I might try a little bit harder to like dig through things. They might have like not, just not put that on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You you submit a FOIA request for that. (laughs) Right. Ural often carried a gold scepter around with her, and she drove a 69 Cadillac Coupe de Ville that had a UFO saucer mounted on the roof that sometimes would open to release a flock of white doves. Oh my and it had, Welcome Your Space Brothers, written on the side of it. Astronomer Carl Sagan, who once got NASA to spend a billion dollars on a satellite with drawings of a man and a woman on it in case it made contact with aliens. Hmm. So... Just putting it out there that Carl Sagan believes that, you know, aliens are definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he called Unarius and he asked, If you guys are really channeling the eternal wisdom, then once and for all, prove Fermat's theorem. And Pierre Fermat was a 17th century mathematician who died without revealing the proof of one of his theorems, and scientists haven't been able to come up with the proof t- even today. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, like, you know, made mathematicians and scientists go crazy trying to come up with it. So the Unarians channeled their space brothers who sent the answer to them. The Unarians transcribed the answer and sent it to Sagan, except that it was still in metaphysical words and not a mathematical formula. It was just a whole bunch of basically gobbledygook. Mm. So when Sagan asked to get the answer put into mathematical terms, the Unarians responded that they weren't mathematicians. So they couldn't do that. And that if Sagan would just let his ego defenses go, he would be able to figure it out. Did he? No. (laughs) He's like, all right, you guys are crocs. Yeah. So the Unarians continued to grow and expand their base, and the school kept teaching classes. They also kept making films, which also included lots of drag queens and a lot of blackface. Hmm. Yeah. Fun. So... Unsurprisingly, a glittery theater cult attracted a lot of gay men. Uriel often took young gay men under her wing and kept them as her close companions despite her teachings that homosexuality was a cosmic abnormality and that it was karma's way to punish you for being bad in a past life. Hmm. 
But I mean, this is like the perfect cult like, if you're that a gay seems man. Like her prime, uh, her prime, you know, demographic. Yeah, yeah, forward people who are, you know, uh, I mean, you know, you say contradictory to her beliefs that homosexuality is a punishment. Right. So wouldn't she want to mentor and teach those people that's to true. heal? Well, and that's kind so of that the thing. So that should be like her target well, audience. Well, and so I think it actually was her target audience, and she almost used them being gay as a way to, like, keep them down. You're like, oh, don't get too full of yourself. You're gay. So hmm. you must have been bad in a past life, and you're a sinner. And But she'd still be kind of befriend them and mm-hmm. be nice and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... She loved having drag queens in her. She loved having these men dress up in drag for mm-hmm. all of her mini documentaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loved having them around. They would create costumes for her. They would do her hair. They yeah. would do her makeup. Stefan Yankowski had been wandering around the West Coast trying to come to grips with his sexuality when he met Uriel. He said, she looked at me and told me I was home at last. I was overwhelmed. I ate it up. Stefan quickly yeah, rose. Yeah, exactly. She's yep. just playing on the yeah. yeah. She totally is. Insecurities. No, Stefan quickly rose in the group and was then dubbed Arisan, leader of the ascended Aryan peoples. Which, whoa, because <laughs> remember she's kind of racist too. Mm-hmm. She also really loves blackface. Stefan would teach classes at the academy, paint murals on the building, organize UFO pageants. And often acted in the mini documentaries. Stefan said, Unarius allowed me to explore my creativity in ways that I would never have otherwise accomplished. I'll probably never again have dozens of people at my beck and call to do what I tell them. In retrospect, I really appreciated the opportunity. Oh my gosh. Stefan left the Unarians the first time after he and Uriel got into a fight and she took off her tiara and started hitting him with it and said, Here, if you want to be the Archangel Uriel, wear the crown. Be the Archangel Uriel. (laughs) (laughs) So basic. Yeah. He came back after a short time and things were good again until it was found out that he was sleeping with one of the other members. Uriel called Stefan a slut, so he left. He's like, I don't need this. I don't yeah. deserve this. I'm yeah. leaving. Yeah. So he decided to write her a letter, and he wanted to hand deliver it to Uriel so that he could have closure. Like, she was such a big part of his life, mm-hmm. but he, know, he knows he has to go, and he just wants closure from this relationship. When he walked in, Uriel proposed that they get married. She already had a dozen wedding dresses in her closet, and they could just hop in the car and go get married that day. Stefan was like, no, you're insane. And he left while... And I'm gay. Yeah, and he left with her chasing him all the way to his car. And she was like, why? Why don't you want to do it? Oh my gosh. Uriel then wrote the book titled Thwarted, which was all about the evil doings of a recently expelled Unarian member. And the book claims that Stefan had hypnotized other Unarians with lower astral forces and that he had previously been a female named Shimless on the planet Tyron, where he had kept all the citizens robotized. Hmm. So, I'd say that's libel. Yeah. <laughs> God. Can you sue somebody for saying that you were <laughs> an alien on another planet in a past life? I <laughs> and you're like a dictator alien? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Ask that in your next, <laughs> in your next class. I don't, I don't. You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me, I have a question. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> yeah. 
So there were claims in the book from other Unarian students that Stefan had been very evil, which they probably just said to keep in Uriel's good graces. Quotes from other Unarians at the time included, Uriel is extremely humble and says that even though she is an archangel, she was only looking at it, looking through a door at the infinite. We don't look at her like a god or idolizer. She is just much further evolved than we are, and it is possible that we might be able to attain her great wisdom in future lifetimes if we adhere to the principles. And they have tried to knock Ruth Norman off her pedestal or bow down to her just like they have done to Jesus. Ural lives in more dimensions and is beyond the realm of human understanding. I just think anytime somebody starts comparing somebody to Jesus... That's when you know that somebody's gone off the deep end. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'd probably have to. That's agree my with that's that. my ru- that's my that. rule. Yeah, <laughs> my rule of thumb. Yeah. Many followers were obsessed with Uriel. Some would cry when they finally got to meet her, and some even fainted when she would touch them. There were several portraits painted of her, and there is one painting that is believed to have healing powers. Followers believed that Uriel could heal them in their dreams, and many would report that she came to them in a vision. Several members declined cancer treatment because they believed that Uriel would heal them. In 1988, Uriel broke her hip and took a little break from leading the group. In February of 1989, she returned to lead services, but her health started to make a sharp turn for the worse, which she blamed on Unarians not being truthful about crimes they committed in their past lives. She lost most of her hearing and was in chronic pain, so she was admitted to a hospital in December of 1989, but still made it to most events held by the group. By 1991, Uriel was completely bedridden and was being taken care of by a select few members. Despite being a decade shy of the 2001 date of the Space Brothers landing and her turning 100 and, well, 101, really, but her saying she was going to turn 100, Uriel let the group know that the Space Brothers had told her that she had completed her mission and that she had permission to leave her body at any time. Uriel continued to meet with several of her followers and lived, actually, until July 12, 1993. Her body was cremated and group members were instructed to not grieve her death because her celestial body was still alive and well. A member named Antares took over as leader of the group and channeled messages from Uriel and relayed them to the group. When Antares died in 1999, a board of directors was created and took over leadership and channeling Uriel. The Unarians are still going strong today. Past life therapy classes are offered twice a week at their teaching center and can be, and can be streamed online for free. So look at that. Where's the teaching center? Online. It's in El Cajon, California. Can you spell that, please? <laughs> E-L space C-A-J-O-N. Cajon. Can you use it? Can you use it in a sentence? No. <laughs> Sorry. I cannot. El Cajun? I don't, I, I think I, I want to say that it's a, it's a soft J. <laughs> the, the, I, L, the L in the I am, beginning. I am proud of you. I think you actually said it right. But I wasn't sure what you were selling. <laughs> if you sold alcohol or I, I, I gave it, I gave it my best. El Cajon. El yeah. Cajon. Yeah. It sounds made up and wrong. It's, it does. So they also offer workshops in Los Angeles and often visit New Age expos. Mm. They also still release doves from the UFO that's on top of the '69 Cadillac Coupe de Ville every year for the interplanetary concave of light. Nice. 
And that's the story of Uriel. How many famous Hollywood actors are members of Venaries? I don't think there's any, because I couldn't... What? I didn't see one famous name, and I feel like okay. if there had been anybody famous that had been a member, they, it would have been said. How many Instagram models are, are members of... Probably so many. How many TikTok? I don't know. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we just have to like hashtag. I don't know. Crystal. I guess I I can I can get behind this. Like I, I mean, not saying that I want to join, but like of the cult groups in America, like this seems these, to this be one, one seems of like almost like a I least don't wanna... harmful. Yeah. Nah. Uh, well, they're like pretty like you know homophobic and okay. other than the homophobic, racist. Yeah. Which that that surprises me, and they're still exist in California. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But in El Cajon. Are they, are, they, <laughs> so. are they still racist and homophobic? I don't know. Once Uriel died, I lost interest. Mm. She was the she star. Was, yeah, <laughs> star of this episode. <laughs> yeah. With her gay glittery theater cult. Yeah. <laughs> um, my source... Oh, you said to remind you about something. Do you remember what it was? Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> it was it was good though. It was a good question. Was it? Yeah. Should, you should have just asked it. Oh well. Maybe you'll remember before the end of before I wrap everything up. So my sources are We Are Not Alone, the short documentary directed by Jody Weil. The Gods Have Landed, New Religions from Other Worlds by George R. Kirkpatrick and Deanna Tuminia. The Latter Days of El Cajon's Unarius by Adam Parfrey. Uriel, the the Universe's Best Dressed Spiritual Leader by Marie Lodi. (laughs) A Pilgrimage... Wait, is that a a book they have to use in the... That's an article. Fashion design. Yeah, right? (laughs) I feel like she she is the person who wrote a fashion design textbook. I mean... Well, just once I get done with the source... By her, I mean her and her followers. Yeah. Once I get done reading the sources, I'm going to look up a picture of her so you can see. Um, A a Pilgrimage to Unarius from Public Access Television to Other Dimensions by Clara L. Evans. And We Are Not Alone, Unarians Celebrate a Message from Outer Space by Peter Gilstrap. So let me... Can we please get some Kesha outro music? Starships are meant to fly. I don't think that's Kesha. That's uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Is it? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> we have to play some harmonica outro music. Yes. All right. You ready? Yeah. Here you go. Just, just kind of scroll a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> Did she ever have any kids? You know, I don't know. Very eccentric. But it's kind of one of those things, too. But she kind of seems like a like a normal grandma. Well, no, well, not another normal grandma. <laughs> Neither of my grandmas look like that. <laughs> but a very eccentric grandma. Yes. You know? Yeah, like, she just loved being eccentric. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I believe gaudy is the word. Gaudy. Very gaudy. Yeah. I bet she would have loved QVC. Is that Mitch McConnell? 
That is Mitch McConnell. <laughs> oh, what if he's a Unarian? Oh my gosh. One can only hope. It's a, it's a it's an article on the Atlantic. Ah. And do we have to pay for it? It says uh, I think the Atlantic is shut down or something right now. Oh but. man. Oh. If Mitch, <laughs> if, if Mitch McConnell is a Unarian, my life will be complete. Yes, you figured it out. We figured it out. We figured it out. So, what if Mitch McConnell is Uriel reincarnated? Oh my, he's not flamboyant. And, I'm and starting. I'm enough. starting that rumor yeah. right now. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Start hashtag Mitch McConnell is Uriel. So, if anybody wants to get on photoshopping him into any of these dresses, <laughs> I would also appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, that's our first cult episode. I'm sure there'll be more. So you've had time to look at your poster. Mm-hmm. Huge poster. <laughs> that's a poster. So, of those... Well, Trump's not on there. So, of those 44 presidents shown... It's not Trump, by the way. I think we know that. Mm-hmm. Which president married his teacher? I just want to... I want to say Grover Cleveland... For some reason? Is that it? No, it's not. Turns out he didn't actually get married until he was in the White House, and he married, like, a 20-something-year-old. Grover? Yeah. Oh. Uh, it was actually Millard Fillmore. <laughs> You're making that shit up. <laughs> I am not. He's number 13. That's a real president. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there he is, yep. Huh. Yep. Well, also, we can thank him for the first bathtub and stove in the White House. Yes, he also did that. Basically, I read that it was like, him marrying his teacher is one of the most, the only interesting things he ever did. That's probably why installing a stove and bathtub in the White House is listed on this poster. Because <laughs> they don't want to put married his teacher. Yeah. And those are the only interesting things about him. Uh, is that sure. he did a home improvement project. <laughs> He was a carpenter, also. (laughs) And I don't know if he actually installed it himself, or if he was just, like, asked somebody to put it. I don't think they meant, like, he installed it on this poster. He was like, hey, can we get a bathtub and a stove in here? (laughs) Yeah, they were like, that's all they mean. right away, sir. And that's, yeah. That's really sad that that's your one presidential (laughs) accomplishment. But if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Ever. Please tell your friends and family about us. That's how we grow Mm -hmm. and get more listeners. If you would like to donate or support this podcast so we can keep churning out weird stories like this one, please go to patreon.com and search for America the Bazaar. The link is also in the show notes. If you would like to check out some sweet merch like stickers sweatshirts, sweatpants, since we're all gonna, you know, stay in comfy clothes for who knows how long, Uh, you can go to americathebazaar.com and we have some pretty sweet clothing options and other things like that. You can even pay for Jeremy to officiate your wedding wedding when weddings are back on. I feel like we need to add an option for a Zoom wedding. A Zoom wedding. (laughs) I'll put that in there. It's going to be a discounted version. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I have. Yeah. So, stay safe. Stay healthy. And until next time, stay stay weird, weird, America. America.